Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome and thank you for joining us. Today we are wrapping up our series on foster care. Last week we discussed dispelling the myths of foster care. And uh, this week we're going to be learning what it takes to be a foster parent. Uh, With us again is Jerry Johnson, Associate Executive Director of Koinonia Foster Homes in California. And before we start, I'd like to also remind you to sign up for our weekly email uh, show reminder and reminder that comes in by email. And you can do this by visiting our website at letstalkadoption.com and click on the free reminder on the left side of the site. It's free and it's easy. You'll also find lots of other resources and links to help you. So if you're seeking to adopt, you're already parenting, interested in foster care, or hoping to reunite with a birth family, there are past shows available right now for you as well. And remember, anytime you purchase a CD, you're helping support um, Let's Talk Adoption, too, as we're a nonprofit, and uh, we're here to educate you on um, adoption issues, too. So if you have questions, send them to me at info at letstalkadoption.com. So welcome back to the show again, Jerry. I'm so glad you're back with Let's Talk Adoption. We have so much to cover today. Hi, Marty. And, uh, you know, I want to share with you, you're overseeing Koinia's, um Northern California Foster Care Program, mm-hmm. and you've been with them for almost 19 years, and you're also the dad of two daughters, right? Two adopted daughters. Right. Do you love what you do? Yes, I do. I mean, it's a very, very challenging job, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't be doing it for 19 years if I didn't see value in it. Exactly. That's why I was really surprised because, you know, sometimes we get burnt out, uh, you know, after a few years because it is really emotionally and uh, uh, draining because it's it's very hard to hear the stories sometimes of, of the children, the clients you have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like when they have TV specials about abused children. I can't watch it. I, I work with it on a day-by-day basis. Yeah. I don't find it entertaining. I, I, do, I am the same way, and I don't even like uh, going to movies that have um, anything to do with any of that violence or, or stress because I say, you know, that's not entertainment for me. <laughs> um, you know, it, when you're dealing with emotions all day long and people's hearts and their lives, um, you know, you we want to go home and watch gardening programs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, let's go back. We're going to talk today about what it takes to be a foster parent. But first, I want to get some information. You know, how many children are in foster care in the nation right now, or, or even in California? As of well, as of uh, about two years ago, because the stats take a while to get caught up. There exactly. was five hundred eighteen thousand over a half million kids um, in foster care, and of those, ninety eight thousand, almost twenty percent of them are in California alone. So 20%. So California has a huge um, number of, um, a really disproportionate number of children in foster care. And I know that, you know, people are working very hard to change that. Oh, absolutely. Because too many kids spent way too long in the foster care system, and they looked at it and realized this isn't good for a child to just be in a foster care home for, you know, seven, eight, nine years. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not normal. It's not the best for the children. And mm-hmm. I think everyone's pretty much aware of that. And we're, we're moving forward that. And hopefully, you know, soon we'll be hearing that this is going to be, the numbers are going to come down. You know, what kind of children enter foster care? Under what circumstances? Um, in order to come into a private agency like Cornelia Foster Homes, mm-hmm. the children by definition are special, special needs kids. Now, mm-hmm. that can mean any number of things. The most common is that they've been victims of neglect, abuse, or molest. Mm-hmm. But sometimes what it is is you might have a sibling set of five kids, and the county doesn't have any homes with five bed spaces available. So right. sometimes we get them referred just because they have a certain number of children or they have special medical needs, and we have a couple of programs that focus on that. 
So, and sibling group is, is really defined by three or more children or five or more children? Actually, just two or more, but it seems that we tend to get them in groups of three or five. It's interesting, but that seems to be our most common numbers of siblings. You know, when we were interviewing before the show, you had had a really large group recently. You had What was the largest sibling group you had enter your program? Um, we've had sibling groups of up to five. Yeah, that's, been, that's, that's, that's pretty an big. interesting challenge. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, who becomes a foster parent? What, you know, we talked about this last week a little bit about you can be a single mom, a grandparent, um, someone that has other children or never had children before, but who else? Um, you know, what are the age brackets? How old do you have to be to be a foster parent? Well, you need to be at least, you know, I mean, ideally we wait until they're at least 21 and have mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, life experience under their mm-hmm. belt. Um, other than that, you know, gender doesn't matter, you know, age really doesn't matter, mm-hmm. race doesn't matter in the least. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the one requirement is, is that you do have to be able to pay your own bills and take care of your, your own financial needs prior to foster parenting. Yes, right. So don't look at this as a paycheck. No. Right, yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, too, because, you know, there is there are stipends that people get for helping with foster care. But, you know, that's one thing I see in the movies a lot, movies coming out where people are, um, you know, um, foster parents are, are seen in a bad light as mm-hmm. if they're only doing it for money. And you shared last week that, you know, you don't make enough money to do this for income. No, I mean, if you're doing it, quote, unquote, for the money, you're literally depriving the child of almost every basic need right. in order to, to, you know, steal away the six or you know, six to nine hundred dollars you get in reimbursement right and that reimbursement really is to cover um what food the basic and needs of the child mm-hmm. basically anything that you'd pay for your child that's mm-hmm. what this money is applied for and by right. the end you usually have a you know a little bit of money left yeah. over let me share one thing too um, jerry as we're here too um i know through lifetime adoption um foundation.org uh, the one program that you know the uh, nonprofit that helps um, fund the radio show. Uh, we do have a program where we do help um, children that are being emancipated out of the foster care system with household items um, mm-hmm. free of charge. And if anybody's interested in that, um, please do email us at info at um, letstalkadoption.com. I want to get just a plug in there because we do get a lot of um, donations, very nice donations that we want to give to uh, children that are being, um, you know, um, coming out of foster care and now having to set up their own household. So, oh, it costs um, a small fortune to get cleaning products, pots, pans, exactly. towels. Exactly. That's, that's, so, that's a great gift to an yeah. emancipated So um, especially if they're in California, they can pick it up, furniture. If they're out of the area, if someone would like to donate for shipping, um, this is all just going to be given to these children um, sitting up their own home. And, and we have clothing to help them get started in uh, you know, brand-new clothing for, um, for jobs. So I just want to get my plug in there because it's something we, we've been trying to get out. That's a great, you know, that's a great project. You know, what? Um, when a foster parent is screened, um, you know, the screen's very much like the screening that has to be done for adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, what type of screening is done? This is very important. Um, we have two sets of questionnaires. We use a program called SAFE. Mm-hmm. And it's actually an adoptive um, social study. And we, the first one is just basically, you know, what's your history like? What have you experienced? What's your relationship with your parents? Mm-hmm. You know, a broad range of questions. And the sec- second questionnaire is what we refer to as the sex, drugs, and rock and roll questionnaire. Mm-hmm. It talks about more, more of the issues that, depending on where you've been in life, it can be a little bit embarrassing. Um, and really what it is, is is it's our job to try to get a real sense. And this is something that the, the federal, the state, the counties, all the private agencies take really, really serious. Mm-hmm. We are about to hand a child to you for life. Right. We want to know enough about you that we can go, yeah, I am comfortable with this. Right. And you can't lie on those things. I'll tell you, they'll find you out. And, um, and we find families that have uh, um, falsified items and, you know, um, we want to string them up by their nose. <laughs> 
Um, so it's real important that people, if they have issues, it's better to bring it up first and say, you know, my husband had a DUI four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this going to be an issue? Yeah, and it, a lot of it depends on what the severity is, how long ago it was. There are items in the state, there's 20 what they call non-exemptable things, like if you have been convicted of child abuse or if mm-hmm. you have engaged in welfare fraud, there are things that the state will say, sorry, you know, that, that line we won't need to give another chance. But mm-hmm. the vast majority of things, I mean, most people have been a little bit rowdy in their college years, you know, and it, it tends to, to be something we can work through quite readily right. most of the time. Tell me some, do you remember some of the nine, I mean, welfare fraud, anything with children, of course, can't be done. Yeah, uh, um, any crimes of violence, mm-hmm. well, definitely take you out pretty fast if there's evidence that you don't have reasonable control over your anger. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are actually more violence-related or molest-related. So the yeah, welfare fraud is very specific, but, mm-hmm. you know, because it's kind of like, no, this is our money. The state's going, it's my money. We don't want you right. to take any more. But if you've had a bankruptcy five years ago. No, as long as you're, you're financially solvent to. now, that's not an issue. Because that's one that people bring up quite often, too. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are the benefits um, of becoming a foster parent? I mean, this is, the, this is your time to really toot your horn to really, you know, in, encourage people. What, what, what do they get out of it? Because people are selfish by nature. <laughs> they want to know what's in it for me. Um, actually, what's in it for them is the opportunity to take the life of a child that had no reason for hope mm-hmm. and would have probably replicated the parent's life of drugs mm. and turn them on a whole different path. Right. Um, and I'll tell I can't you see a better benefit than literally rescuing the life of a yeah. child. I mean, you're not just rescuing them for the moment. You are rescuing them for life. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have 20 kids in my house if my husband would let me. And um, I, I just, the, the thought and, you know, just doing that and helping, that's why I love working with adoption now because I can't take each one in, but little by little, child by child, I'm able to help with finding the right family for them and having guests like you on too because I really feel that this is a benefit um, that you can't be um, weighed in money. Um, right. And it's something that you will not get from any other um, organization you belong to or club um, or even um, job. And I think that um, I know when I was a foster parent, there were some of the most difficult times of my year and time of my life, um, but they were also the most rewarding. Oh, absolutely. And there are challenges attached to foster parenting. There's no debate. But right. again, the payoff in the change mm-hmm. for the children is amazing. Right. And I want to encourage people that have already raised children, too, that, you know, like we mentioned last week, you know, if you're a grandparent or you're in your 50s, if you still have energy, um, and, and love and patience, um, you could be the perfect, you know, um, role model and, and, and person to, to help uh, raise and, and um, guide this child, right? Well, we actually have two families that just recently decided that, you know, it was time for them to quit fostering. Mm-hmm. They were both in their 70s. Wow, really? Yep. That's amazing. And see, that's really encouraging, too. You know, people who open their homes and their hearts, um, you know, as far as what can they expect as far as the term that this child is going to be in their home? I know it varies, and that might be a difficult question, but, you know, they get a child in, you know, they get they get licensed to be a foster parent, and then um, they have a placement. How long are the children usually in their home if it's not going to go into an adoption? Well, we shared this last week because one of the goals that they're really trying to change the system so kids don't get stuck in foster care anymore. So the target is that if a child is five or younger, that they are end up someplace permanent, be it with adoption or back with a natural family or extended mm-hmm. family, within six months. Mm-hmm. If they're five and older, the target is within the year. They want to try to get them out. And that actually is pretty much our experience is that the push for unification and providing services for the natural mm-hmm. family is such that most of our kids will rotate back in and out in three to six months. Mm-hmm. And I have prospective foster parents going, well, what difference can I make in three to six months? 
and you can make well, a lot. Well, if their history had been a life of, of chaos and, not, you know, and, and inappropriate parenting and no drugs, stability, to yeah. see an alternate lifestyle that's built, built on self-discipline and compassion and caring, mm-hmm. it can make a world of difference in a short time. Well, you know, and I find, too, is that I was just working with a recent birth mother, and she's been in this foster home. Um, for only a month, and she's already talking about their faith because she attends church with them, and this is totally foreign to her. Mm-hmm. And so for her to go to church with them on Sunday was a big thing, and this is a girl that's 15 years old, and she this was a big thing for her. So, you know, that was only a month. This family had already made the impact, and when I spoke to the foster mom, she was surprised um, that that had already sunk in, and so the girl was really hungry for that. Um, yeah, for, for I mean, one phrase that we use is that prior to coming into one of our homes, the only time they heard the name of Jesus Christ was as a curse word. Yeah, and that's that's really sad. So, you know, there are, there are a lot of blessings. So it's something that people, you know, listeners need to really pray about and, and say, is this something I can do for, you know, uh, for a period of time for a child's life? Jerry, we're going um, to take a little break here, and when we come back, um, we're going to continue discussing, you know, the, um, the ins and outs and what it takes to become a foster parent. So we'll be right back after this really quick break. All children deserve a home, and Lifetime Adoption wants to help those children find a home. If you're starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family. Choose how much contact you want and choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com. Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784. Well, welcome back. Um, This is Let's Talk Adoption. I'm your host, Marty Caldwell. And if you just joined the program today, we're talking with Jerry Johnson, Associate Executive Director of Coinier Foster Homes in California, about what it takes to be a foster parent. Um, Before we continue, though, I'd like to also remind you that we do have some resources on our site available for you. And, uh, you know, we receive a lot of emails um, daily from our listeners asking about adoption and foster care and what to do and where to start. And one resource I'd like to mention is um, has helped a lot of our listeners. Uh, has won two national awards. AdoptingOnline.com is a book that I wrote for hopeful adoptive parents. It's a resource guide with over 1,200 adoption helpful sites in the back and resources for you. It also has valuable tips and stories to save you time, stress, and finances in your adoption. Now, you can get this um, at local bookstores. The library has it. Or you can go to the website now and get $10 off. The website is adoptingonline.com. If you order online, you get $10 off, and you have a money-back guarantee uh, when it's bought through the webs- uh, the website also. So now, Jerry, before we left, we were discussing a little bit about, um, you know, the foster parents and, and, and what it really takes. 
what kind of training goes in? I mean, when people come to you and they say, um, you know, I've never been a foster parent, and what do I do, and how do I get started? I mean, is, what kind of training comes along, a manual? Or <laughs> well, we have um, 12 hours of pre-certification training. About four of it's working with our, our foster parent coordinators who basically, because actually what's interesting is your family's not certified. It's actually your house that's certified as safe. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of rules and regulations about the temperature of the fridge and the temperature of the water and how the house has to be set up, and they work about four hours with you on that. And then we have an eight-hour you know, face-to-face training where our founder, Miriam Golden, she's on a video, and she just shares the really <laughs> brilliant mm-hmm. insights into proper parenting and how to work with these kids and how to succeed. Mm-hmm. And then part of our job is to just really inform you of what foster care is like, the dynamics that you're going to be facing, mm-hmm. um, the challenges you're going to do, you're going to handle, and how to, how to approach them and really... By the end of it, what we're after is actually my goal, and I actually state this in the training, mm-hmm. is my job is to try to scare you away mm-hmm. because foster parenting is a calling. Right. And by the end of my training, I, 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 if I've done it right, people are either dying to get out of the room or dying to get a child. That's great. And see, that really shows you. And, you, and I think that's with anything if you're doing adoption or foster care, but foster care is a great way to get into that too. I know that sometimes people will call and they'll say, you know, um, they start out with foster care and a FOS Adopt program to help them adopt. But it can be difficult if you start bonding with this child and then they're reunified with their birth mm-hmm. family, right? What yeah. can you say about that? Um, the phrase that Miriam often uses is, hey, you have to give up your own eventually anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is true. I mean, when your kid you know, goes off to college, you have to kind of go, ooh. And it is, it is painful. I mean, I'm a, the parent of two adopted daughters. My first adopted daughter was a failed adoption. I had to give her back. Back mm. Long story short, I had to give her back to the birth mother twice. Right. Um, and it does hurt a lot. And what we're after, in fact, there's a phrase, Dave Wesson, who's in charge of our, our Central California office, when he's addressing this issue, he goes, what we want are people who are willing to get their hearts broken again and again and, and again. again. Right. And again, because these, there, there's no end of kids that need these kind mm-hmm. of parents. Uh, it's really a mission field. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I think it's just like going into the mission field. You're going to be leaving people in different countries and uh, wishing that you didn't have to and that you could have done more. And I think you give all you possibly can for the period that you're, you're graced with with that person. And I know as a foster mom, that was one of the hardest things for me is to spend time and then get that phone call that, you know, this afternoon or tomorrow um, they're going to be going. And it was very difficult for me. But, you know, I, I knew that I had done the best I possibly could with the children that I had under my care. And the other factor, and this one thing we explained to them, is remember there's somebody a lot more powerful than you that loves the child more than you do. And That's right. And he's going with the kid everywhere. Exactly. And you just say that, that prayer over that child, and you'll never leave your heart. Oh, no. You know, and I think, uh, I think children, and I know that a lot of foster parents still are in contact with the kids that they, they cared for. Oh, it's very, very common for them to come back. In fact, mm-hmm. we had one kid, uh, he was 35, he's not a kid anymore, mm-hmm. came back, he goes, I was in 23 different foster homes, and right. the only families I remember were Koinonia families. Wow, isn't that what, what a blessing that is, too. Let's give your website out, too, um, if you would, Jerry. It's uh, kfh.org, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and you, now you were working primarily with California families. Yep. But you have a lot of resources for anybody that's listening to the program that would like to learn more about foster care. They can still contact you or go through the website and learn as much as they can. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing just to let your audience know that the way the adoption is set up in California now with, with whatever op- agency you have to go with, you actually have to become a foster parent to work with the child until the adoption kicks into gear. So it, foster care is part of adoptions now in California. Right, if you're going to do um, any, any child that is with the state or county, right? 
Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Now, if you're doing independent, it's not, but you still have to have a home study. So this is it's a great way to get in. Right. You know, uh, and for families that are on budgets but really have a lot of love, I suggest foster care many times, too. What is the biggest need you see in your agency? Families. <laughs> okay. Um, because adoptions are becoming extremely successful, so mm-hmm. we're constantly having families successfully graduate out with their children, mm-hmm. and we still have more children who need homes. Right, so it's constantly families. And how can you prevent burnout? I mean, you know, for a long term, what are some tips um, actually, a phrase I use is the way you spell burnout is B-I-T-T-E-R-N-E-S-S. Mm-hmm. The only people who burn out get bitter mm-hmm. about the way the system is. Yeah. And one of the things that I always emphasize with my families is, it's remember, it's about the kids. Yeah. It's not about how frustrating the system is. It's right. about the kids. And right. if we keep our sights on that, we can keep going. You have support for your foster parents, though, right? Oh, absolutely. We have assigned social workers to the home. Caseload ratio is 15 to 1 or less. Mm-hmm. That's great. And we have 24 seven on call we're always available for our families and that's what people should ask you know in other or areas too is what is that ratio because you want to make sure that when you call uh, you know your social worker your support person that within a reasonable amount of time they're able to get back to you right oh absolutely i mean if if you are in a crisis moment <laughs> we need to be there yeah exactly for the child too do you have group homes Actually, we have five group homes up in the Loomis area, and mm-hmm. the specialty is it's chemical dependency group homes. Mm-hmm. So it's for teenagers who are struggling with drug issues, and it's a very, very well-respected program. How, how old are the children when they're emancipated? Um, emancipation, generally speaking, is 18 when they hit legal adults, although kids can file to emancipate early. Okay, so they can get out early, too. And, and you know what? I hate to ask this question, but it's important. I know share, with, share with us what happens when there are not enough foster parents um, and foster homes available for these children. At that point, um, they, they have to move to what we call non-match placements. I mean, match placements is when you know what the challenges of the child is and you have a family that can deal with them. Mm-hmm. When worse comes to worse, they'll put any kid in any bed which means the kids, you know, it could be a total mismatch in terms of personality or mm-hmm. it can just be really awkward. I mean, that's why there are kids who have literally been in 25 and 30 foster homes because they yeah. never got in one that was a fit for them. Yeah, and that's and that's why we need more foster parents, too, and people that are foster parents to encourage um, others that they see uh, to really um, to look into this because I think it's extremely important. And I think there's a lot of love and a lot of families out there that, um, that just are dragging their feet, and they, they should apply and get going because you can learn so much about parenting and joy and love um, and patience um, with, through the foster care program. And you're not doing it alone. That's yes. the biggest point. You're mm-hmm. not, you don't have to know how to do it. We will help you know how to do right. it. Right. I thought the support was great because you don't have that when you have biological parents. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you can't call up a social worker and say, help, you know. Uh, and so that's one nice thing, too. You know, we, there are there's a lot of resources online um, regarding foster care, and there are actually groups that get together. Um, do your families get together then for uh, picnics and, and get-togethers like that? Yeah, well, we have trainings every other month, and we we often joke that coining name means eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get together, we have dinner, and we do mm-hmm. a training in it. And for us, we put a lot of emphasis in yeah. the families connecting with one another to become a support system for each other. Well, and then know. we also have a Christmas banquet and parties, and then we have a summer event where we get together, <clears throat> yeah. usually like Waterworld or something like that. Right. Well, you know what? Um, Coiny is great, and I know meeting Miriam was wonderful and for us uh, many years ago. And so I'm really hoping and praying that uh, this program and the last this series is really going to help you all. Thank you again, Jerry, for being my guest on Let's Talk Adoption. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, you shared a great deal about foster care. If anybody is interested in learning more about Koinonia, you can contact them again at kfh.org. 
And I am Marty Caldwell, and it's been such a pleasure to be with you today for this series. Uh, email me your questions at info at letstalkadoption.com. And until next week, I hope to see you next week on our program. We have another great topic for you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. Marty Caldwell.